Greetings, Earthlings, and welcome to your weekly dose of newsy infotainment. It's Let's Be Treasonable coming to you from various places in and around Los Angeles, including Treasonable Studios, with your original cast of cognitive dissidents gathered for this special occasion. On the panel this week, all the way from Altadena, author, performance artist, and resistrix Erica Schickel is back with us. Welcome, Erica. Hey, hello, everybody. So happy to be with you on this great day in American history. It truly is. It is. Uh, I, I'm very excited about today and about today's show. Uh, we are yeah. We're going to have a lot to talk about, uh, mostly good stuff. So, um, yeah, stick around as we introduce the rest of the panel. Just up the street from Treasonable Studios in scenic East Hollywood, comedian, actor, raconteur, juggler of words and objects, fresh off the release of his debut comedy album, a little off the top of my head. Ladies and gentlemen, a warm welcome for Mr. Jim Coughlin. Welcome, Jim. Why, thank you. So happy to be here. Yeah, what a great day. Woohoo! <laughs> You know what? It's it's so great. You you forgot to give me your your fake radio voice that you usually do in in response. Yeah. But hey, you know, let let <laughs> let the wonders never cease on this fine fine day. As always, speaking of never ceasing wonders, we are joined by comedian, scholar, and the black voice of reason representing Van Nuys. It is my pleasure to introduce Mr. Time and Ship. Welcome, sir. Uh, thank you, Dave. Power to the people. Yes, black folks. Hey, they <laughs> done it again, baby. Boy, howdy. That's right. And we are, yeah, we are definitely going to be talking about that later on in the show. Me, I am Dr. David Robinson. I am your Vin Scully for the impending apocalypse. Hopefully for the current one, and it is a beautiful day for Dodger baseball, which we will also be talking about later on in the show. But first, a brief pause for a message from our sponsors at Community Spread. It's morning in America, and people are waking up to the great taste of Community Spread. I kind of want toast, but it can be so boring. Butter, margarine, jams, jellies... I want something new. Here, try this. It's community spread. But you've already taken a bite out of it. What are you, smooth down there? Try it. Whoa, that's sick. But what's in it? What's in community spread? We're still waiting for the CDC to let us know. Well, it's deli- Wait, did he just say the CDC? That's right. Community spread. Available at... Actually, I don't know where I got it. No, but seriously, back to that CDC thing. And it's not just for toast. Pancakes, waffles, sandwiches... Why, there's no telling where it'll show up. Community spread isn't recommended for older adults or people with chronic health conditions. Stop using community spread if you've experienced difficulty breathing or shortness of breath, persistent pain or pressure in the chest, bluish lips or face, new confusion, or an inability to arouse. Community spread. From the folks who brought you, I can't believe I'm not better. It's the toast-topping sensation that's sweeping the nation, and there's nothing you can do about it. And new from the makers of Community Spread, it's Unmitigated Spread. If you barely acknowledged Community Spread before, try Unmitigated Spread. Unmitigated Spread, it's time for a second peek. Well, speaking of time, these are interesting, interesting times indeed. 
It is day five of Election Day, which uh, presumably the final day. It is also National Bison Day, National Play Outside Day. And as of today, we've got... Timpani. 236,500 Americans dead from the coronavirus and 9,830,800 confirmed cases, including more in the White House, which we will be discussing soon. As long as we're doing the numbers, uh, there are also 545 immigrant children who remain separated from their parents because... Trump's America, but not for long. If uh, you are just coming out from under a rock to listen to this episode, it was called this morning, 8.25 a.m. on the West Coast. Pennsylvania was called for Joe Biden, giving him 270 electoral votes and making him our next president-elect, and Kamala Harris, our vice president-elect. So it is a lovely day. That is the freshest news uh, just because we had just mentioned it. And just to, to spite Donald Trump, who said no one was going to be talking about this after November 4th because it's all a hoax, Mark Meadows current chief of staff, or is he an acting chief of staff? I don't really even know anymore. At this point, it doesn't matter. But he was diagnosed with the Rona on Wednesday, as were several other people in the White House and campaign circles. Mark Meadows' top aide, also diagnosed, uh, top aide to Jared Kushner, also diagnosed, and a senior campaign aide. So, they have all been diagnosed with and don't 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 forget Matt Gates. Oh really? I it's oh, Matt, oh they got Matt too. Well, oh great. Yeah. Good yeah. news ah. ever cease. That wait, is Wait 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 wait. He wears a gas mask. How could he possibly have gotten it? Oh, he only wears it when he wants to mock. <laughs> Ah. The rest of the time. Ah. And by the way, I, I've got uh, MSNBC on here in the background uh, on mute, just in case, you know, any any other like crazy breaking news happens. And they're, they're showing live footage of people celebrating in the streets of different cities around the country. They were just showing a big group of people in New York. And there's one idiot kid like running up to the camera, giving the we're number one uh, with his cell phone in one hand and his mask around his chin. People, the masks only work if you use them properly. It's it's like expecting a, a condom to work when you left it on the nightstand. That's not how these things work. So, folks, we we won the election. We not yet because we have to wait until the inauguration in January but we are we are well on the road to actually ending this epidemic but we all still have to work at it together so masks social distancing let's be safe let's so, be smart uh, so he has until the end of December so we got two more months oh, a month and a half left of this shit. and two-thirds of the way oh, through yeah. January yeah I mean this ain't over you know yeah. it's I, I mean, he could I mean he could really sap he could do some damage oh absolutely month, absolutely oh, yeah. and it, you know it's it's interesting because 
watching the responses in this past week, like before this was called, even when it was pretty much a foregone conclusion, but you know, Georgia and Pennsylvania did keep us on our toes. Watching other Republicans in Congress in, in positions of power responding to Trump's I, victory speech? I don't know what, what to call it, but is, you know, his, when the bullshit started getting really scary this week, uh, when Trump went out there and, and said, effectively, we, we won. And there were, there were some Republicans who, like Mitt Romney, you know, milk toast, trying to get things back to normal levels of animosity. We're like, Hey, no, no, we know we don't give speeches like that. That's wrong. And the, those came from some of the usual suspects was surprised to see a couple other folks like Mitch McConnell, who granted he did have his coded language of, uh, Oh, count a illegal ballot insinuating that the, the, there is some veracity to these bullshit right. claims of fraud. That was all lives matter. The election version. Yeah. Very right? true. Yeah. Very true. You know, but the thing, Trump- hang, hang on just real quick, Tim. Sure. Uh, but the, the thing is that you had like the usual Trump loyalists that you knew they, they weren't going to speak against the president and beyond that felt the need to get out there and help spread the manure. But among them, and this is one that, that stuck out to me, I thought was really interesting was Kevin McCarthy from here in California, sadly, who at, at first came out and, and said, you know, this is, this is fraud. This is, this shouldn't be happening or whatever. And then later after, I'm sure he was admonished by other congressional Republican leaders saying, dude, no, 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 this is, this is over. We, we need to sort of rebrand, reground ourselves. Then he came out and said, well, I was, I wasn't, talking about the presidential election i i was talking when i said it's all over and we won i was i was talking about the senate which even then isn't true but if you look at the wording of his original speech there is no way in hell he was talking about the senate they need to they really need to stop you know like you said it's over and all of them need to come clean dude you guys but they, but they aren't, and that's that's the point. Is you well, you still I, have people say, like Kevin I, I, McCarthy? Like, you're, you're, what is it? I, I'm still trying to understand. One, how did this fucker get 47 percent of the vote? How did you guys continue to spread this crap? You know, I mean, you really, I mean, and that's what I'm talking about. It's over. Stop the lies. Put this fucker out on Front Street. Let it be known. Dude, you're done with him. He can't hurt you anymore. He can't do anything to you. See, I don't know what he has over mm, him. I, it's over. I mean, I disagree because, what? you know, people are talking about how, you know, oh, well, Trump is a kingmaker, which I think is going to be really hard to be from a supermax prison in Colorado or hopefully Guantanamo Bay. But these are the people that we need to keep an eye on because they're they're going to be the ones they're they're going to be the sand in the cogs they're they're going to be the ones who are still in government and trying to fuck shit up real quick i want to go back to jim because i cut him off earlier (laughs) well that was a while ago what it was you were talking about the the you know we're only we're going to count the legal votes and not the illegal votes and it's like only a trumper 
thinks you can look at a white piece of paper and tell whether it was cast by a minority or somebody you like. That's true. I've never understood that part of it, you guys. I have to admit. Like, what do they expect that they're going to see if they are all allow all the yahoos in to monitor the polls? It makes no sense. Well, yeah. but that's well, the thing. I mean, it's it, that's that's the design. It doesn't need to make sense. It's not what they're hoping to see. It's what they're hoping to disrupt. Well, that was the whole right. thing. The, the, the disinformation has been going on for so long. I mean, all the voter suppression crap. These guys, this all stuff was designed. But one thing they couldn't stop, and he screwed himself. When he told them to show up in person and the, and the Democrats said, screw you, you guys vote early. And, if, and that's why Stacey Abrams and those guys, and Stacey Abrams has won the war. She got mm-hmm. Kemp's ass. She got him and she got him good. But it took the Stacey Abrams of the world, the AOCs, the, the, the squad, everybody, Bernie. If the, the main thing, get rid of Trump and then Biden's whole thing was to bring them together. Now, he's got to bring everybody to the middle because everybody's not going to go all the way left and they're not going to go all the way right, but you're going to have to bring them to the middle well, in I think order to get something done. I, you know what? I, I, In principle, I agree, but what I think needs to happen because the Democrats famously do not come together. We, we love to fight amongst ourselves. And what we need to do, the what the leadership yeah. of the party leadership in Congress needs to do is to get everyone together and say, look, we get it. We're not telling anyone to shut up. We're not trying to squelch any opinions, but we need to make this work together. So let's all get on the same page. We know that we have a common mission, which is fixing everything that has been broken after Donald Trump treated the federal government like Led Zeppelin used to treat hotel rooms. Right. Our, our group mission is to fix everything. Now, how are we going to do that? And how are we going to keep all the, the constituencies happy? So well, you, you, know, you get like the squad and, and Bernie and the folks who are on the extreme left. Honor them. You have a voice. We don't want anyone on your end of the team to think that that you're being disregarded. But we are going to do things in an orderly fashion so as to achieve the group aims. And if both of the uh, Senate runoffs for Georgia don't go Democrat and the Republicans hold the Senate, we got two years of what Mitch McConnell did to Obama that we have to hold ourselves together for. Yeah. I mean, I agree, but I think the huge part of that is having the center of the moderate Democrats fucking loosen their hold on the neck of the democratic party. I mean, I think if there's anything that this election showed us that it was a mandate to the progressive left, because look at who won, walked away with that. It was the squad, you know? It was Ariana Presley, it was Katie Porter, it was AOC. It was those people who, you know, clearly won. Wait, what do you mean, election. those people? And, and I, <laughs> I'm joking. I, no, I know I'm joking. <laughs> and it's, it is their time to step in because I think that that's what the country wants. I mean, when I say the country, I mean, you know, not the Trump base. 
and the and 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 you know and all of these states flipping blue is also a mandate. I mean, we are sitting, the Democrats are so good at sitting and looking at the glasses being half empty and what are we gonna do when in fact, in many, in many measurements, this election was a resounding victory. And, you know, yes, yeah, Stacey Abrams, hats off to her. She, she made that happen in Georgia and in the South generally. And we have to like follow those people. We got to get fucking Nancy Pelosi out of there. She should not be the majority leader. You know, we need somebody well, with like a vision and voice in that well, seat I, I, who can really bring that group together. Yeah, well, they can, and they also can't take. They, uh, they now that you've won. Remember how you ended up with a Trump in your office? Okay. Yeah. How did we get Trump? Because yeah. you did not bring, and even Obama's in blame for this, he did not bring the Democratic Party together in a way to, to where they can get things done. That's how you produced a Mitch McConnell. We cannot, that these people, and Trump even said it to you, you know why I'm here? Because of whatever you guys didn't do produces a guy like me. You don't want a guy like me? Then God damn it, bring your asses together and do what, what Erica's saying, where everybody, you know, put put your cards on the table. And hey, oh, everybody's yeah. not gonna everybody's not gonna get everything that they want, but we can get pretty much, you know, we can do this. You got the opportunity. Yeah. yeah I, I, I can I can I say I would say though, I mean the number one reason Trump is on the scene is because he's Trump. He has this dumb ability to get to people's reptilian brains. And we elected a black guy, and that made a lot of these white, a lot of whites, uh, insecure about their future. So I don't think it can be blamed uh, necessarily on the Democratic Party. But anyway, then with the election now, what you see is a massive amount of people voting, right? But also a massive amount. I mean, Trump increased his vote right. by millions, and a weird phenomenon that happened was here come the Democrats winning the election and losing House seats because one at least one explanation is that the Republican, like the, the, the more conservative Americans who grew sick of Trump in 2018 could voice their rejection of him by voting in Democrats. In the midterm, yeah. Yeah, right. but then in 2020, they could voice their hatred of him by voting for Joe Biden and then downstream vote for the Republican. It's a weird thing, but it did happen. That is weird. Well, well, the COVID exposed the inequalities of our society. And when they when he oh, yeah. refused to show any empathy, when he refused to show empathy of people that were dying, these people did not have to die. They need to expose that he has blood on his hands because oh, the playbook yeah. the playbook was left right there in the house. Because when, when Obama came in and Bush said, here you go, bud. Yeah, you can do this, this, and this. You know, they were passing off information to each other. When Obama passed stuff to Trump, Trump, you know, Trump has, uh, you know, Ob uh, 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 Biden right now is already putting his game plan together. He's got his team in order, ready to go. Because why? He's been here before. But he knows he can't just do the same old, same old, and I can't bring in the same old people we had with Obama. We got to bring in new blood. 
that can hold on to these progressives that are sitting right here because guess what? They don't want you doing what you did when Obama was there. This is a whole different group of people. And you got to change the way you run things or you're going to go back. You're going to hopefully you won't get another pr Trump. I hope they've learned their lesson because we can't let this happen again. One way to do it is just fucking bring the hammer down, you know, yeah. on these yeah. people. I mean, I, I, you know, anything less than full on investigations and prosecutions Absolutely, yeah, I but I think I think it has in, to be done by like a put a fucking pit bull in you know in the AG office and you know <laughs> let them just do what they do and Biden can still be the uniter. Absolutely, but they yeah the the AG is going to need to get I think an independent counsel. Basically, we have to remove the investigation of the corruption of the last four years and of yeah you know, the the trump administration yeah. we need to get that as far away from the white house as possible so that it's not seen as uh politically motivated not seen as doing basically what donald trump was trying to do fallaciously because he was accusing hillary and obama and biden of non-existent crimes whereas his crimes are a matter of public record i mean they're they're right, right out there we've watched them happening but i i think the the responsible way to do it is to let the sdny get first crack because that's you know that is not part of the white house part of the justice department which is part of the yeah. executive branch but it is it is independent of the white house as these things are supposed to be despite trump's best efforts so i think especially because they have been investigating him they they do have a lot of groundwork laid so you let the sdny have like first crack at trump and presumably his kids, you know, Eric pled yeah. the fifth when, well, uh, you know, when he, um, he was deposed yeah. a few weeks ago, but you've got your, your IG from, from the AG's office and they're on deck. There's, yeah. there's also another hope is Letitia James, attorney general for the state of New York. Mm -hmm. Cause so yeah. many of his crimes are committed in New York. Yeah. Well, uh, uh, I would also like to say they need to go find Don McGann's. Don McGann's knows the whole shebang. And they also say the reason why there was no one to organize the way, you know, to, to fight against, because he's one of the best electoral lawyers around. He wasn't there in this group to save Trump because they had so much dirt on him. They, they had to suppress him and put him away. But you go get McGann's. McGann's, remember, he had, he was, um, subpoenaed several times he never showed up and i think they need to get him because he has all the info on all the in, ins and outs on what trump did yeah just like cohen i i think just speaking of of members of the the current outgoing administration i think it'll be really interesting to hear william barr's thoughts on a unitary executive uh, if not now, after January 21st, uh, it'll be fascinating to, to hear how he backtracks. And that's, that's one of the things that I want to talk about. Joe Biden is definitely much more of a uniter than, than Donald Trump could ever have hoped to have been, uh, if he even would have tried, but 
I was watching MSNBC this morning. I had it, you know, the audio on while I was doing shit around the house. And Joe Scarborough was, was talking about Biden's experience as a senator and all the relationships he had in the Senate because of that. And how when he was vice president under Obama, Obama would always send Biden to the Hill to do the negotiating because of those pre-existing relationships. And Scarborough was talking about how Mitch McConnell had praised Joe Biden uh, as a man and everything. And here's the thing that really bothered me about him saying that is uh, how short are people's memories? The, the current Republican power structure does not care about precedent even when set by themselves. I mean, you know, when we had the yeah, the fake yeah, uh, approval hearings for Amy COVID Barrett and and Lindsey Graham, I, I don't know how many times I, I heard the recording of him from, you know, the denial of, of uh, a hearing yeah. from Merrick Garland saying, you can use my words against me. You know what? We did. Yeah. Didn't I fucking matter. They don't care. Really. So whatever whatever Mitch McConnell said about what a mensch Joe Biden is before and how he he's happy to work with him or whatever he may have said, it doesn't fucking matter. That's, you know, Mitch McConnell pre-Trump. We, we have to look at the Republicans as they are today, which is what I was saying earlier, like with Kevin McCarthy. It's like, look at the people who are still standing up for Trump, especially the ones who are going to the map for him. People like Ted Cruz, people like jacketless Jim Jordan. These, these people are still going to do Tom whatever Collins. they can. Uh, Tom Cotton, uh, you know, but they are still their mission in life is to prevent progress is to get America to regress back to, I, you know, I don't know if they're going for like straight up antebellum America or if they'll be content with the, the original Jim Crow. I don't know, but the, the point is they aren't going to stop just cause Joe Biden won. And no, it, it was not. a squeaker of an election. And, and I, another, uh, I think, a big topic, and we've sort of addressed it a little bit already on the show, but talking about Stacey Abrams and talking about Jim Clyburn, who is the one who basically saved yeah. Biden in the primaries and got us to where we are. It, it has been said many times before by much more relevant voices than mine, but America owes a huge debt of gratitude to black Americans who saved us once again. And it, it reminds me of, of the words of uh, the great American philosopher, Wesley Snipes. Always bet on black. Watch out, Dave. Watch out. Now. Watch out, Dave. You're going to get in trouble now. You're starting some stuff, Dave. Hey, you know, it's... It, you got to use a passenger 57 clip whenever you can. So one of the things that one of the issues during the campaign that was quickly like just thrown out as as too divisive was the idea of reparations. And Woo, watch out, Dave. well, 
here's, you know, we, we have spoken on this show so many times about how bad the Democrats are at messaging and, and the irony of that, because we generally have all the good creative people, but reparations by any other name are still reparations. And I think, and again, if the, the Republicans maintain hold on the Senate, it's going to be more difficult. But without calling them reparations and, and getting the Democrats and liberals in general into another branding crisis, I think it is possible to advance legislation, if not get it passed through the Senate. But to get us closer to get more programs that will help benefit the the black and african-american community in america well that it's we aren't going to call it reparations but we know we know what's going on well you can't call it anything i mean you can't even say black lives matter because you're a terrorist group you can't because there's something of i mean they took and i don't blame democrat i blame trump and his disinformation crew and fox and everybody and i will say other black people because they interviewed a lot of ignorant black people as, you know, I don't know if you like guys Lil know, Wayne? pretty much every, every, every slave uprising was destroyed because of a black dude sold them out some slave. That's why Harriet Tubman carried yeah. a shotgun, because he said, hey, I, well, I want to go back. You'll go back dead if you go back. <laughs> so that's why she carried the shotgun. So you really have to watch. I don't care if you call the reparations black. They don't believe that black folks deserve shit. Well, no. I mean, my my parents, my parents, you know, I mean, born in Jim Crow. Your parents also. Mm -hmm. Everybody here, parents born in Jim Crow. Your parents were the only black ones in the bunch, though. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) So you notice the, uh, but they're, they're, you, they've been talking about this. You saw we fought for civil rights. There were people who didn't want civil rights. But then you added in white women. You added in other minorities. Like It wasn't just for black people, although black people were out in front. Mm-hmm. And then you had the Voting Rights Act. Okay, It wasn't just black people voting. You had women who were voting. And you connected. Then you got the gays. And you got the everybody's got to sign on. The only guy that didn't have to sign on for shit was a white boy. Because he wrote the damn law. Yeah, You know, and they thought, oh, anytime you step out and decide you want to fight for something, you say that there's racism. Oh, there's no racism. You don't want to say that. Well, no, here's oh. here's a question, because we were, you know, we sort of mentioned the, the down ticket races and stuff earlier and uh, elected races. Not we're not. Yeah, I'm not getting into eugenics or anything, yeah. but even even here in reliably blue California where affirmative action was on the ballot and right. and it failed and right. so you know i mean you know I, timing you, you well no please <laughs> because it i was gonna say they believe that black people are getting over it's like wait a minute dude you can't steal from our culture you know and then turn around and get mad because we're offering something i'm sorry the truth is laid in the history i'm sorry we are built into the fabric of this country well but right? i mean i mean yeah. people and they're and did they not vote for i mean i mean think about it dave affirmative action was only created 
because black folks wasn't getting a fair shake. Right. And I, I firmly believe, shake, you know, we wouldn't get, we, we wouldn't we've, we've had this conversation on the phone, uh, on the phone. Well, we, we have had this conversation on the phone, but on the show before I, my feelings on affirmative action, it's, it's something that we shouldn't need, but right. we, do but we do because yeah. We have fucked this up. And so I guess the, the bigger question, you know, that I'm, I'm throwing out to, to all y'all is if here in California, again, a, a, you know, we do, like I said, we have Kevin McCarthy, for God's sake, we have Devin Nunez. You know, it's not like entirely blue all the way through. There were violent pro-Trump protests in Beverly Hills, for God's sake, last weekend. Right. Oh, yeah, but, there's a huge Orthodox Jewish community that is very conservative. Yeah. And very oh, yeah. Pro-tough. But there, I mean, there, there I, be, I think, you know, religious religious extremists of any faith are very still tough. religious extremists. I, but I the, the there's a question, protest happening today. It's, uh, oh, yeah. I'm sure there's, there's a lot. Who, by Trump people? Yeah. Um, yeah. But, but the thing is, if, if California... <laughs> If California can't even get it together to recognize the need for affirmative action, how can, you know, because California on a lot of environmental issues, on, on a lot of issues, we are first in the nation. We're, we're the ones, you know, we, we take the big dive, make sure everyone realizes it's okay. And if we as a state can't even get behind understanding the need for affirmative action are are we as a country even ready to discuss reparations i mean dave you you have black people that don't even want you to have reparations it doesn't even have to be i mean there i mean there are folks that i don't know if you saw the debate tiashi coates and this young uh uh, forget this uh, young black dude they were in congress and they were debating reparations and the young brother was there saying no we don't need reparations and they went and yeah, said, I mean, like go ahead to go answer ahead. but to answer what david just said we here we are discussing reparations i mean the conversation is happening and i'm going to just pollyanna this shit today because i you know i think that again you know us liberal democrats love to like suck on the tit of despair or maybe we're just also ptsd from 2016 that we don't even know how to see our victories but we are discussing this on the day that the first african indian american woman has been elected to the white house as vice president i mean yes we, we, you know this election showed us that this is a deeply, deeply racist country. This country was built on genocide and that this is America. This is what America has always been. But if you look at the victories that we have right now, and I'm not just talking about Kamala Harris, I'm not just talking about the squad being resoundingly voted back in for another term, but just the conversation around Black Lives Matter, reparations, defunding the police. These, these, we weren't having these conversations on a nationwide basis a year, two years ago, four years ago. This is progress. It's yeah. Our yeah. 
bends is long but bends towards justice and yeah. that's what we're seeing right now it is and by I the way yeah the, yeah, of but the, repar- the, the the way to get to where people are accepting of affirmative action and reparations is the education part of it and maybe a study yeah yeah you know? uh, by the way the i'm not with, saying the work is over it's just starting but we're starting from a different place yeah than we have been and a radically yeah. different place than we were in even last week. And I, yeah. I got to throw props uh, when, when you know, we were doing the uh, the group chat on uh, on the on the interwebs earlier this week. Erica, you you did call it. Uh, you did say, "Don't worry, by Saturday, Joe Biden will be elected." And so I, you know. You you did say this morning you were going to be gloating and you haven't yet. So I wanted to call you out and and give you props. Thanks very much. <laughs> I I do have a Cheshire cat grin on my face right now, and I just could not be happier to have been right. I mean, you know, really, I just it. But, I, and I knew it. I knew it. I mean, and I'm not saying that like the election night and the morning after found me in such a totally fucking freaked out, reactive, panicked state. Again, like intense PTSD. We When Florida won and all those Easterns, you know, that stuff started happening. And there was that lag between the polls closing on the East Coast and the polls closing, you know, on the West Coast where like nothing's happened. But, you know, the, that red mirage was happening. I was literally, I took a fucking Xanax. I could not even bear to be inside of myself, you know? And the next, and I woke up with gloom, but around noon, I like got a grip on myself and I looked at it and I listened to some people who I think are, you know, I always want to recommend listening to Elizabeth Cronise McLaughlin, you know, on her Resistance Live, who really, you know, helped, it was a nice slap across the face, like, you know, pull up your fucking socks, everybody. We just won this. Yeah. You know, we won it. Well, I will, I will so. say just speaking of the, the tension that we experienced, my birthday was this past Tuesday. It was election mm-hmm. day. And I, I do have to say that it has been glorious having a, a cake in the house all week that has slowly yeah. been diminishing. Well, but, hilariously, David, my boyfriend David's birthday is the day after election cake, cake, <laughs> the day after election cake, and I made him a birthday cake we've been eating all since. Yeah, and it it's, was, it's I, very like, helpful. <laughs> no, November 4th and 5th, uh, cake was breakfast uh, because yes. it had to be. Same. And uh, today, after after we finish recording, it will the cake. the cake has been returned to its original status as a celebratory cake. So right, but isn't it great how cake works for all cir- circumstances? Yes. I mean, it's good for despair and it's great for celebration. Yeah, yeah. But what kind there's, of cake did you make, by the way? Carrot cake with a cream cheese frosting. Ooh, nice. Oh, carrot cake. My mom used to make those homemade. Yeah, yeah, they're good. They're good, and that cream cheese frosting just really. Mm -hmm. Boy, howdy! Yeah, Yeah, I I opted for uh, I opted for a tres leches from uh, the the Cuban bakery. Are you going down there with? (laughs) Tres leches. It it is a a delicious cake of origins that are not from my culture, making it even more delicious. 
couldn't stick to the Jewish thing, could you? We just had to go out. You know what? We we just got through the high holidays. Hanukkah is around the corner. Then like Passover is in a few months. Let me indulge. Let me let me celebrate the melting pot that is America with a cake of three milks. It is. It is quite delicious. It'll be back to arugula soon enough for you. Boy, howdy. Well, and I mean, I, it's definitely not the most goyish thing that I make, but you know, Thanksgiving is around the corner and it is is the, the beginning of ginger snap pecan pie season for me. So I'm going to be cranking those fuckers out. There you go. Yeah. Leave it on the porch. I'll come get it. (laughs) Uh, set it out. Set it out on the on the windowsill. Just cool. Yeah. <laughs> Time it'll come by. Yeah. <laughs> and then I he'll he'll come back that. and knock on the window and say, "Of course, you you will have the good taste." Not to mention that I came by. <laughs> Blazing <laughs> well, Saddles I'll, reference. I'll, uh, I'll be like, uh, yeah, "Old brother, how art thou?" And leave a buck. <laughs> or whatever, sitting on a rock. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I will say yeah, that. What that, else that do we have to talk about here. Yeah, uh, the um, well, I, I'm really blown away by the 70 million people that actually voted for this guy. I, I just that really that 45 percent that I actually, I mean, that's another part of us what we're going to have to deal with. And Joe, I mean, Joe's bringing us together, but you got to convince these particular people who were riding this Trump wave, who actually bought into yeah. that someone was cheating them, that you said that you, you don't understand. When you vote, especially in Philadelphia, you got to give Philadelphia credit. The AG was so on top of setting up those voting things. They were so ahead of the game that the guy sitting next to you is a Republican or woman that's sitting next to you is a Republican. So you get Democrat, Republican. They were all waiting to count. You could. There is no cheating. Yeah, I mean, Toomey, who came out, he's like, you look like an idiot trying to. He says, you know what? I can't fight for you anymore, dude. I can't make this up anymore. It's over. Yeah, and I'm not saying that that Philadelphia deserves all the credit, but I have already seen uh, news stories this morning about right wingers boycotting cream cheese. So you know, we (laughs) Jesus, whoa, that's (laughs) devastating, man. What are we going to do if right wing people don't buy cream cheese? More more schmears for us. It's those those right wing schmears. <laughs> Makes me feel good that I recently brought bought cream cheese. I don't normally I don't normally Stop have it, but I, but I do have I'm some. It. Oh yeah. Well, oh, so you know, oh, well, oh, some oh, people oh. are lactose intolerant. They can't have it. I want I want to drop about a, talk about to. a news story. Um, you know, one of the groups or the group uh, or or maybe it was just a theme for the Trump supporters protesting the counting was Stop the Steal. Right. And their Facebook group quickly became popular, but it was shut down because of threats of acts of violence. Mm -hmm. So somebody else created a Stop the Steal Facebook group. Thousands of conservatives joined the group. (laughs) Then they changed the name of the group to Gay Gay Communists for Socialism. (laughs) (laughs) And... They became furious that they were now seen to be a member of this group and had had invited other family members to join this group. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's beautiful. But it's trolling. But these, you know, these people are a problem. They're a threat. Uh, One of of the news stories that I was uh, was following 
you know, over the, the past day was uh, these two guys from Virginia that drove up to Philadelphia in a, in a Humvee full of guns and yeah. you figure, Oh, you know, and they were, you know, going to Philadelphia, uh, you know, the, wherever they're counting the votes. Yeah. Turns out as reported this morning, they also had a shitload of fake ballots in the, in their, yeah. in their Humvee. So, you know, it's like the worst of all nightmares. They're they're going in armed to the teeth to to shoot the place up, you know, or or to shoot up, you know, pro democracy entities and people, as well as committing the the election, attempting to commit the election fraud that their leader was warning about. Where, where now were these uh, ballots accurately produced to look like? Uh, I don't know. I mean, all uh, like the, the reporting was, was pretty sparse, but this was coming from the prosecutor's office in, in sure. Philadelphia. So it's, you know, it is a reliable source. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. I, I, I want to just say that it, it's, it's going so well that, you know, the idea of a super, super tight race with, which would lead to protest and violence, et cetera, et cetera, is, has gone away. And there is a slight terrible part of my soul that misses the civil war that would have happened because <laughs> they're so fucking dumb that they would have started with the guns, but they have no smarts. Like, if you're going to fix the election, don't have the violent guy go with the ballots. You want to sneak in with that shit. Yeah. You even know? even Nixon had had five plumbers, you know, or a it makes you think of Wilmington, North Carolina, that in 1899, that town was predominantly black and poor whites and, and blacks were coming together to win the election and they actually won. But the rich whites put together a militia to overthrow the government, which eventually ran them away. Yeah. And you saw today... And, and what has been built up and what Joe was able to do, here they are again. They brought the people together, people from all different cultures. I mean, this country is built on immigration, all the different immigrants coming together to say, look, the main thing we got to do is get rid of Trump. Okay. You, you, because yeah. you, you, this guy, not, not to say, hey, and that's why Joe, it was great what Joe said. I'm here to unite us and bring us together. Okay. I'm not, and everybody did their part. Everyone did their part. I mean, I call Stacey Abrams the, the secret the secret agent. You had uh, 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 was it um, Joe? Out, not just Joe, but uh, uh, the other progressives out there. They were all doing their part, helping out, getting everybody to the polls. I mean, you know, LeBron James. Look how they, look how the sports teams got involved. And the people say, "Oh, we want to keep politics out of sports." Laura Ingram said, "Oh, just." You know, shut just, up and uh, dribble. Shut up and dribble. Okay. Where are all these people now? You were spewing all this hate. You were calling stuff hoax. They kept the train going. And so well, what and you got to do is divide. You got to now you got to say, you know, we got to get, what do you say, 3.4 trillion? If they give up at least 3.4, we can get things rolling with the pandemic. Get the get the uh, defense act going so we can get these companies making these PPEs 
and let's get this shit back on track. We well, can do it. And yeah. also, look at all these job openings in Washington D.C. that Joe Biden is going to fill. So you know, there's yeah. we're we're starting and from the beginning. Great. What's great is to see him really just step up, you know, even before the inauguration. I mean, he's just going to do his job, yeah. you know, and, I mean, and yeah. the most delicious part of this, too, is watching Trump just become more and more irrelevant. I mean, I think it makes him more dangerous in the remaining, you know, term of his office, but it is also. He's, he's going to be I like believe, Colonel I Kurtz in Apocalypse Now. Him. They're gonna. There's gonna be like a, a dark subterranean room in Trump Tower, where you walk in and, and Donald's just gonna be in there. The horror, the horror. Uh-huh. I had a dream about a snail. I'm a razor boy. Uh-huh. <laughs> by by, <laughs> like, what by the, the way, fuck is he uh, talking Trump, about? <laughs> Trump is 74 years old, and he has 74 days left. I'd like to point that Ooh, out. That's a good one. I like yeah. that. And actually, I don't think we have to worry. There is, there, you know, because this transition is going to happen, they are setting up plans that in case he does something really stupid, they're going to get him. And they're already, I mean, you know, that behind the yeah, scenes... I mean- this stuff is going on. Well, so this the paranoia uh, asks the question: like, what's going on with the big fence around the White House, and what's where is Bill Barr, and like, what is happening there? Yeah, They're well, I, there, but I don't it's, think that they can do it. No, well, and I've yeah. I've refused. Like, there have been, and, and I, you know, I I don't want to call anyone out, but friends of mine on Facebook in in certain groups and stuff who have been like kind of feeding left-wing conspiracies this week and it's like no we aren't we aren't playing that i'm not i'm not going there but i think it's it is interesting because for you know the past couple years longer for some people more immediate for for others there there has been the concern about what happens when he refuses to leave and i still my my brain instantly goes to you know the the comedic image of the the adult Trump children like trying to destroy evidence and and Eric trying to put like a, a whole computer into a shredder and Don's like no you not that and then you know it cuts back to Eric and he's trying to put a ham you know and it just it my brain does this it goes to the ridiculous but strategically you know cuz i've been i've been uh, aside from the jokes i i have been trying to think about this strategically and what is trump going to do and well, part of me yeah. yeah well hang on <laughs> part of me right. has been thinking about you know there's the the denial is strong in him and it is very likely he will refuse to go but you got to wonder if there's part of him that does understand the the legal implications and with all these other suits going against him it's going to be a lot easier for them to nail him if they already have him in custody so (laughs) in the interest of self-preservation you would think he would understand on some level that he does need to leave on his own of his own volition however as we have seen multiple times over the last four years he doesn't always do what is in his best interest. Right. Well, his, yeah. his, his, his only hope 
was to have a close election or sow the seeds of of distrust of the outcome. I think he's done that. He's done that, but now it's too big. So on January 20th at 1 p.m., I think it is, Joe Biden is the president of the United States. At that point, the Secret Service, who has sworn to uphold the Constitution, will be protecting uh, Joe Biden. And um, at that point, Donald Trump is an intruder. He doesn't belong in the White House. And they will escort him. If he's in the White House, they will escort him off the property. Now, they'll also protect him because now he has Secret Service protection for the rest of his life. Yeah. Well, you know. That's absolutely right. It's as they used to say in the movies, the jig is up. It's over. The guy, it's done. He lost. (laughs) He's going. He, the will of the people have spoken. It's done. I don't know if you remember uh, back when, uh, when Phil Hartman was still on SNL and there was a, there was a skit with uh, Phil Hartman and John Lovitz where it was like an old time Hollywood. Forget it, kid. You're washed up. You're done. You're finished. What are you telling me? I still got a chance now, you know, and it's, I think it's that level of, of comedic denial that, you know, yeah, yeah, the the jig is up, but the the charge he's leveled at half of the people who tried to expose the the corruption that was going on while it was going on, you know, oh, he's a he's a disgruntled employee. You want to talk about a disgruntled employee, ex employee? That is what Donald Trump is about to be in seventy four days. He will be the the most disgruntled ever. The, the the most greatly, tremendously yeah. disgruntled. Listen, and he I does think, have a platform. He does, you know, there are a bunch does. of stupid people who listen to him. There are. But listen, I mean, again, I'm going to come back to optimism because I believe that you can make a choice. And again, what he may or may not be or do past his presidency is a paper tiger right now. Yeah. yeah. It, and if, if whether or not he starts a news network or runs again in 2024 or grooms, I use the word in both ways, Ivanka, <laughs> for the presidency, um, you know, he is, it doesn't matter. It's conjecture. There are, what we know is that there are astonishing amount of white bigoted Americans. Let's just throw them all under that banner bigots but um but you know and that (laughs) includes everything from like conservatives to full-on white supremacists and nazis but you know there's still a lot more of us than there are of them and what we've all known in these last and i would say for a decade is again that history is changing that's why the right is so virulent because this was an, a win for Black America, this election. This, when you look around at everything that's happening, at the population, and, and when I say Black America, I mean Black and Hispanic America, really, because the white white people are going to be a minority by, what, 2040-something? Yep. It'll be, it will They've be, been talking it, about it for years. We have the momentum of history behind us. This is where it's going in sheer numbers. They, just as Trump 
and the right were ineffective in making coronavirus go away, at least as a subject, um, they will also be equally ineffective in denying, you know, climate change, population shifts, all of these things that are coming up that the right conservative side of this country is not prepared to deal with because they don't do policy. Only, only the Democrats do policy at this point. And it, it's going to require policy for our country to survive this moment immediately in terms of coronavirus and then long terms in, in term, in, ter, ter, in the terms of global warming and everything that I have just talked about. And it's the long view. This is my yeah. final thing I want to say on this monologue. It's the long view that we need to take right now. And looking at what Trump is going to do in 2024 is a, you know, living in the future and tilting at paper tigers. And then B, that's not the game we need to be playing. We need to play a longer game. Well, I think I think I you're you're one hundred percent right. However, I think we can walk and chew gum at the same time, and so we do need to. And by we, I mean the the Democrats and the power structure, but those who we have a we the people have elected to represent us, the people. So what? what that part of we needs to be doing is is both enacting new legislation and getting this country back on track and like like Biden's campaign yeah. slogan was build back better but exactly. while we're doing all that we we do also have to prepare for 2024 and what the the Democrats oh, yeah. and and the power structure should have learned from the last four years, if nothing else. And I'm I'm you know gonna go with Biden on this and not call the Republicans our enemies, but we do have to think of them as our adversaries at the very least, and know oh, that that the the one lesson of the last four years is that there is nothing they will not do to retain yes. power. And we can learn a lesson from them because one of the things that we they showed us is they were thinking long-term mm -hmm. in terms of the judiciary and what they've been doing ever since, you know, the Tea Party came into focus. You know, I mean, now the Tea Party is gone practically. Well, but, you know. I mean, you know, the, the Tea Party, you know, they QAnon. things in motion that they are reaping now. You know, the judicial, the Supreme Court chief among them, mm -hmm. you know, so we need to take a fucking page out of their playbook and use long term thinking and strategizing rather than just like rushing from moment to moment and fighting amongst ourselves over, you know, primacy. Absolutely. What, what, I'm, what I'm thinking is it is the the forward thinking and one of the things that i heard this week steve schmidt was talking to someone on msnbc about how he thinks the republicans are going to run tucker carlson in 2024 yeah, and you know 4 years ago i would have i would have laughed at that and and thought yeah like that's going to happen now you know it's like uh oh, 
shit, do we have to, do we have to prepare yeah. for that possibility as well? You know, it's like, you know, when you're doing threat assessment, you think of what, what could conceivably happen and you prepare for that. And then you think, okay, looking at what could conceivably happen, what is the worst case scenario? What could be snowballed into, you know, if things go really, really pear-shaped, what happens when, when it goes absolutely bananas and you prepare for that? You, UFOs, well, look, zombies, things like that, not that usually in consideration. By, by prepare for that, or Joe Biden and this government will prepare for it by legislation that, you know, protects voting rights, that allows, that, you know, let's have laws around who gets to be president. Like, we, have, you, we must see their taxes. They cannot have a criminal record. You know, and then let's just fucking do the job of running the country in a way. Just let the work speak for itself. There's always going to be haters and there's always going to be crazies. But, you know, this is a really unique opportunity, especially if we get the Georgia votes in January, you know, to to fix some of the things now that we've had such a great look at the horror that is can be you know wrought just by the breaking down of norms you know not even just laws but just norms you know some of this stuff needs to be codified you know so that another like a tucker carlson can't come in and burn it all down like donald trump did yeah you know and you know if we get if we get the senate we can really do meaningful things to make sure that this kind of horseshit is harder to pull off on the country. And you know what? That includes, too, I think, really looking back at the Russia investigation and the Mueller investigation and looking at, you know, the, the, the Democrats now, Nancy Pelosi and her ilk, we need to look at them and go, like, what did these people do when the chips were down? You know, and why was that such a mitigated response? Well, what uh, was it that was standing in the way between us and really impeaching this president and Rosenstein. getting him out? And, and the, the whole like we're gonna let we're gonna let the voters decide. We're gonna let the vote impeach him. You know, it was such a cop out. You know, and that did serious damage to us. Well, Rosenstein is the one that stopped that because remember he had. When they had, when they opened the file on Trump, they had all the information. But they, he, he, what he did, he blocked Mueller from going after his finances. The finances were right there in front of him. They could have got him, and Rosenstein blocked Mueller because Weissman talked about it. He said we could have went deeper, and they only went on the surface, and then that's what screwed them. They had him. And it's and that's why New York said, okay, if we don't get him here, we're going to get him. And and also Barr and everybody else were in on it. But Rosenstein blocked Mueller from doing all the way what what is going as far as they wanted. That was what came out through Weissman, who stated it. Well, maybe, but maybe that's for the best that they didn't touch the finances because it was even at the beginning. 
it was pretty much a foregone conclusion that a Republican-controlled Senate was not going to convict. We didn't know, you know, I I honestly thought they were at least going to, you know, do some sort of a show of, yeah, we're looking at the evidence. They didn't even, they didn't even. Yeah. So that's, that's how they won that. But maybe it is a blessing. And I don't know if double jeopardy laws apply to, uh, to, presidential impeachment? impeachments but i don't think so but with Mueller not looking into the finances now now that's i mean the the ball's literally in new york's court yeah well yeah, yeah. And, and even though i mean you know also even he even though he put in republican uh, supreme court they never really fought for him he was pissed off that everybody. You work for me, well, fucker. I work for I work for the American public. I don't work for you. Actually, and he kept saying that. I mean, because what what I read about Kavanaugh's uh, writings on the Wisconsin decision, it, it got me to thinking that maybe if if the Democrats wanted to like really go full full on vengeance. And we'll we'll see how the election plays out because I mean it has been called, but there are still votes to be counted. Trump and his ilk are are still going to be trying to do lawsuits, you know. And Erica, this isn't me like being a doomsayer. This is just this yeah, is no, this is this is what's coming, you know. I mean we're we're, we're going to smile. Hasn't sung quite yet. Well, yeah, I agree. Yeah, but but you know she's tuning up and. So, you know, it, it's not done till it's done. But if the Democrats wanted to look into what the Supreme Court did or has done so far, I think Kavanaugh's opinion on Wisconsin could be a basis for impeaching him as a justice. Just a thought that maybe, like you know, it. we don't I'll, need I'll to, we don't need to pack the courts if we can cut out the tumor. Well, that's what I was yeah, saying. Yeah, my, my sense, and I am in no way like a legal person of any kind. I barely have a grasp of it. But my sense is that it's easier to rebalance the court than it is to get up justice impeached. Yeah, but it'd be so much fun. <laughs> Yeah, I agree. Believe yeah. me, I, nothing I would like better than seeing When they kept three. asking Biden about that question, are you going to stack the court? Dude, let it go. He said, look, it's, it's just like when he told Ice Cube, look, I can, we, I can do more once the election is over. Don't keep asking me questions that I really am not going to dive into you. Why would you answer the question? Because I'm not answering it. Okay? Yeah. I'm not going to answer it. That's not what's important. And that's what I'm not going to focus on when I come in. I want the, I, he's got to go talk to Mitch. I believe they're cutting a the backdoor deal right now with Mitch. Yeah. Basically letting him know, dude, you got to come off $2 trillion. Now, Mitch is worried about, you know. Losing his the, hand? Uh, <laughs> what's that? He's worried about losing his hand? Yeah, that too. Uh, but, the, um, you know, he was, he was blocking you know, he didn't want people to be able to sue the corporations behind uh, the, the, the coronavirus. He wanted that some type of block. And that's what Nancy was telling. No, screw you. I'm not putting that in there. 
Well, yeah. We I mean, won. it's basically he, he was arguing for, you know, qualified immunity for the companies like the police yes. enjoy. And yeah. that's a bad idea all around. Accountability should be the key word for everybody. Speaking of accountability, I do feel as host of this uh, little shindig, somewhat responsible to you guys. And as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, it is national play outside day. So <laughs> with all that in mind, there, there is so much more to discuss and we could go on until it is dark outside, but it is a beautiful day. It is a day to rejoice in the presumptive victory of Joe Biden. It is the first Yay. day that actually, well, I guess yesterday was, but the first weekend that actually feels like fall. It was, it was 90 degrees mm -hmm. three days ago or two days ago. And it's not, it's not it's supposed to crack 60. So let's, let's bundle up and pretend it's fall. And it's, it's a new season. It's, America Yay. has so much to look forward to. Uh, I'm Erica. I'm letting your optimism seep into my usual cynicism. Uh, if there was ever a day to <laughs> allow yourself a moment of optimism, uh, this is it. And also inauguration day. Yeah. yeah. I did say that we did not get what will happen with the joy. Oh, well, does he get, does he's he going to have to go to the jail. Right? <laughs> hey right. I got me because, hey, you know, I'm, yeah, I, I'm thinking about those. Uh, didn't the judge order him to count? He was to eat some some ballots or something. Yeah, they found 40,000 ballots when they swept the post offices. 40,000. You know, maybe if, maybe if, you know, Trump had put more well, focus on sweeping the post offices instead of raking the forests. We wouldn't. Yeah, right. uh, we we could have been spared exactly. so much trouble. Yeah, I, Jim, I to, final zingers. But I hate to be technical, but he would actually go to the prison. <laughs> <laughs> You're absolutely. Well, wherever he goes, may it not be as joyful as where we are going. Us as individuals for the rest of the day, and uh, us as a country for the foreseeable future after January 20th. So with that, I do want to thank you guys so much. Uh, we started this podcast. Just I'm, I'm just going to you know take a final minute here yeah. for, for a little self-congratulations and indulgence, not purely me self, but before the election in 2016, Timon and I were, were part of a podcast at our original uh, home on the Radio Titans Network that was a political roundtable of comedians back when there were still some reasonable Republicans around, even in the comedy scene. And uh, Jim was the co-host of another podcast, Left of Wrong, on the same network that I, I was a guest on on that show. And... I don't think I had ever felt so conservative as to uh, as I did at the beginning of that show. But I think, you know, we, we had a great episode. Everybody got on the same table uh, topic-wise, not physically. It wasn't a very big table. But after the election in 2016, 
we realized there there were no reasonable Republicans. The idea of uh, in the comedy scene in L.A. anyway, the the idea of doing a political roundtable was was futile. So uh, Carl Kozlowski, who ran uh, the network, decided. <laughs> Uh, who, who, hey. who I had uh, dinner with this yeah, week. It's, uh, what? I, yeah, oh, I was supposed to go, but I, I was working. But uh, Carl had the idea of, okay, so if we can't get conservatives for this show, why don't we just make it an all-liberal show, and then we'll take the other all-liberal show on the network, and we'll, we'll put it together. So then Erica was brought into the fold, and it was a cold January morning in uh, 2017 when we got together at uh, Denny's in Koreatown to discuss the future of the show. And Randy, uh, Randy was there, who was Jim's co-host on on Left of Wrong. And uh, when we were when we were you know trying to spitball to come up with the name of the show, I was thinking treason. Jim is the one who put it together into let's be treasonable. So I, we, we have survived the, the Trump administration uh, with this show. It's been a hell of a ride. Yeah. And you guys were, were there at the beginning. So it, it seems fitting that we begin a new era with the original lineup. So I want to thank you guys for being here and uh, the future. Thank you for keeping us together. Oh, hell that's, you know, having the, having the vision thing and, and the microphone and the board, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I, I am the, uh, I am the baby of the family uh, in, you know, my biological family. So I, I have been a peacemaker most of my life. And I, that's, that's what I try and bring, uh, to the show, but, uh, the, the future is bright. Let's get out there and enjoy it. Uh, Erica Schickel, thank you so much for, for being with us today, but for the past four years, should you so desire, where can people keep up with you and what you've got going on in person or online in the coming days, weeks, and months? Well, if you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm Schickety. Um, and, uh, I, you know, my book's coming out next summer, the big hurt from Hachette and, uh, more on that as things cook up and, uh, yeah, that's, that's me. Right on. Well, thanks. It's been great. You're welcome. Thank you. Looking forward to, to more, more of this in the future, happier times because we, we are comedic and, uh, and interested in civic affairs so we'll always find shit to complain about show isn't going anywhere uh thank you for being with us erica mr jim coughlin thank you so much uh for today and for everything you've done in the last four years related to this show anyway i can't you know thank you for everything i wasn't there to watch it all but should you so desire (laughs) where can people catch up with you and what you've got going on in person or online in the coming days weeks and months well you could go to at m-r-j-i-m-c-o-u-g-h-l-i-n that's mr jim coughlin um i'm there at instagram twitter and even TikTok. Although I haven't actually ever posted a video to TikTok. That is my <laughs> that is my thing. Still working and, on uh, the steps. Yeah, yeah. Baby steps. Baby steps. 
Um, anyway, I, I also wanted to throw in a congratulations to the Jewish members of, of this broadcast. Uh, as a friend pointed out, uh, we now will have our first Jewish second husband in the White House <laughs> or administration. Yes. Kamala's husband. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Baby They're steps. Like you said, Jim, baby steps. <laughs> yeah, baby steps. <laughs> well, first, Jim, yeah. thank you for being here. Uh, it, it has been great. Mr. Time and Ship, uh, you have been here every week from the beginning. Thank you so I mean, few, you know, vacation time and whatnot, yeah. but, you know, effectively. Yeah, uh, yeah. Thank Gave you some time all so much. Time, yeah. You know, hey, you deserve it. It's, we aren't calling it reparations, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I want to thank you for being here today, for for being in the co-pilot seat uh, for the last four years. Looking forward to, to more. Should you so desire, where can people catch up with you and what you got going on online or in person in the coming days, weeks, and months? Well, I will say, Dave, you gave me the black voice of reason, <laughs> which was uh, – and because I replaced the angry black man that you had, that was uh, <laughs> that was on there. So hey, you know, uh, yeah, I will be. Uh, um, you can catch me on Facebook, Time and Ship at Facebook, Time and Ship at Instagram, and Time and Ship at Twitter, and my book, which I sold two more books, which was great. Nice. Uh, uh, my my East St. Louis is on Amazon uh, dot com as well as my CD. The Universal Brothers, also on Spotify and iTunes. So yeah, yeah, uh, it's been great. And uh, Jim, I thought you blocked Carl. You guys went out together. That's great. <laughs> no, no, I never, I never blocked him. I unfollowed him. Oh, you unfollowed him. Okay. He's, he's, the only, okay. he's the only person I unfollowed and told them that I unfollowed them. Mm. But uh, I have more to report once we're done broadcasting. Sounds okay. good. Uh, as for me, uh, I am Dr. David Robinson. And uh, in addition to thanking our panel, I want to thank the listeners. But for those who are fresh to the train, you can find me on the social media, Facebook, Dr. David Robinson, all spelled out. And on the Twitter, I am at Stand Up Fall Down. If you've made it this far into the show, you probably already know, but it bears repeating that we are on the socials on Facebook, all spelled out, let's be treasonable. And on the Twitter, we are at L-E-T-S-B-T-R-E-A-S-O-N-A-B-L. We take off the E's and pass the savings on to you the listener speaking of you the listener if you enjoyed what you've been listening to please tell everyone you know rate and review us on the platforms where you're listening and even on the platforms where you're not that would be cool if you didn't like what you've been hearing not sure why you're still hearing it but thanks for sticking around you don't tell anyone we won't tell anyone Big, big thanks to all of our listeners who have stuck with us whenever you joined us along the path. We're going to keep going. Hopefully you will too. We will be back next week and we will see you then. Until then, goodbye. Goodbye. Bye.